0: what's going on niner fam it is peter lucas this is the niner fanatic podcast and it's another beautiful day in 49er land and another beautiful day for 49er narratives but before we get into anything let you know you know you gotta hit the music get in the vibe <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i like to know are you ready for start time What's going on, y'all? Once again, it this is the Niner Fanatic Niner Fanatic podcast. My name is Peter Lucas, and it's a Tuesday. Another, like I said, beautiful day for to talk Forty Nine er narratives because that's really what they are. <laughs> that's where we're. That's the time of year it is. It's the off season. It's time for people to be outraged by moves that haven't even been made yet. It's time. It's time for for us to just complain about things about moves that aren't really even being thought of to be made. They're just, uh, they're thought about by, uh, by the, the media and they're put out there by Niner Twitter and everybody else and the media in general, like, uh, but here we are with, that's why I named this show. Like uh, the owner meeting narratives is because we we're we're already right after the, the meetings with, uh, you know, Shanahan did his interview today. Lynch did his interview yesterday, and we're we're running, we're run, we're trying to read, pick every little piece and read into every little thing. And sometimes, guys, there's just not a lot there. <laughs> and uh, sometimes we just gotta wait and see. We don't, nobody really knows, and to even speculate about some of this stuff is kind of you're just you're just looking to talk like uh, that's the way i look at it so but we're going to talk about it cuz i'm here for you and make sure you give this video a like make sure you give it a subscribe make sure that you hit the bell so that you get the notifications for when i go live and the here we're going to start off with this because i thought this was actually this is a piece of news this is an actual piece of news, and I think that this could be big for the team. And it it made me think of a couple of questions for myself. Is you know the team asked the NFL to borrow 120 mil today to upgrade uh, Levi Stadium for a potential 2026 World Cup bid, as well as hosting the Super Bowl in that same year. Now. Uh, the the main upgrades they were talking about were for premium seating and scoreboards. so nothing for the for the for the average fan it, sitting in the seats but uh, I heard a lot of people complaining about the the sun being beat down by the sun during games and uh, I don't think it is for you I think this is more for the luxury boxes and the uh the high price seats so the the rest everybody else is gonna have to keep suffering because you know they all they care about is the money so it's, uh, but it's, uh, is, you know, is Levi, this made me think, because Levi's, to me, it seems like a newer stadium, but it seems like a new stadium. It gets built every couple of years, and it just makes, even stadiums built 10 years ago, it makes them look outdated. It makes them look, um, and people, people, fans, and and players are complaining about about newer stadiums that, like like I said, that were built in the last couple uh, few years, and how long does it take for a stadium to get outdated? Is Levi's already outdated? And I've never been, but like I said, I've I've heard a lot of people. I heard a lot of people after that news today uh, complaining about certain aspects of the stadium. Wanting the team to come back to San Francisco like I think a lot of people miss the I mean, from what I understand, Candlestick wasn't the comfiest of places, but it just had the nostalgia and it had uh, people could say they were at Candlestick and there's a lot of history there. So Levi's doesn't have that history. And I think that's really what what it comes down to is that, you know, when you don't have when people don't remember, this is the place where Joe Montana uh, through the catch, and this is the place where uh, where John Taylor caught the caught the pass from Montana and the Steve Young to Rice and all the other stuff. When you don't have that history, and a team has had so much winning history, it kind of feels a little empty. Uh, speaking for like I've been to many stadiums, and that, and that, that I think that can kind of make a uh, a stadium empty it doesn't matter how much winning your organization has it's more about the winning that they've done in that building that's what gives a building mystique and even though the 49ers have been have had their fair share of playoff games and they've been to a couple of super bowls uh since then they haven't won and i think that that could be that could be a reason why fans kind of like are down about Levi's and they want, and a big part of it is I think they want it back in San Francisco. Uh, Santa Clara is pretty, from what I understand, is pretty far out. So it's just, it is what it is. And, uh, but I, I just think that, I think that the team should be in San Francisco. I think if you say that you're from a city, you should be in that city. Like I've never understood why the the angels call themselves the LA angels of Anaheim like i mean just just say just say that you're the Anaheim Angels what is so what is so bad you used to be the Anaheim Angels why why can't you be the Anaheim Angels now just because you want the LA attached to it so people will know where you are i mean it's to me it's disingenuous be proud of your city what well, i mean san francisco is a pretty city so what what reason? What reason would you not have to? Would you have to not try everything in your power to keep that stadium in San Francisco? But I mean, I'm sure they got a deal in out in Santa Clara. But but sometimes it's not all about the the, the dollars, and sometimes it's just about what it can give you from that standpoint, from a fan standpoint. And I think that gets lost sometimes when the money gets starts getting kind of doled out and it it yeah it is what it is i think that they probably it would probably be more of a destination if it was in san francisco like that's that's my my kind of opinion on it but i think that they're gonna get this loan from the league i think that they're gonna make a whole bunch of cash they're gonna make a whole bunch of cash from uh from the world from the world cup coming there not only the world i mean the world cup is a humongous event And then and then on top of it, like to have a Super Bowl there, it's going to be huge. But think about what that would have done for the Bay and for San Francisco. I I just uh, yeah, I I think that it's I think that they're they're kind of missing out a little bit and that the city of San Francisco is missing out a little bit there. But it is what it is. But with that being said, I thought that that was an interesting little tidbit. Uh for everybody, I want to welcome Mr. Damian Lee to the chat. Appreciate you coming through, fam. Uh yeah, and he says the Arlington Cowboys is bad too. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. I don't understand. Make it put it in Dallas. There's no reason why you couldn't have put it in Dallas. You got all the money in the world. But you decide to save a few bucks by putting it in Arlington? I mean, come on. At that point, what are you saving money for? I mean I get that I get it that there's a whole lot of other things involved, and they're looking for public funding to to get help them get these stadiums built. I understand all that, but the reality is you could do it yourself. <laughs> you could do it yourself. you're just choosing not to because of business so uh but it is what it is so but my next question, I kind of want to move on to kind of I want to start talking about what this show is about which is the owner meetings the owners meetings the narratives that are being built out of these out of these interviews these two interviews from from Kyle Shanahan and from John Lynch and I talked a little bit about it yesterday with uh, Ben Camperman if you didn't check out that show make sure that you go and check out that show make sure that you give my boy Ken uh, Ben Camperman a a follow make sure you give his his channel a subscribe but we had I had him on yesterday and we talked a little bit about what Kyle had to say or not Kyle but uh, what John Lynch had to say and it was really a whole bunch of nothing that's that's really the way I saw it is there's nothing to really pull from that he didn't say anything new he's just saying that hey you know Brock is is in the lead right now and he's the leader of the locker room whatever that means <laughs> and uh that's, he didn't say oh he's QB1 he's QB1 and that is the guy that we are going to start at like a, and no matter what happens no matter how uh it Trey or or uh Darnold looks no matter what they look like he's going to be our guy going forward that's not what was said that's not what was said. As much as the the Brock Purdy guy, the the old Jimmy G fans that are now Brock Purdy fans, uh, because they're really just anti Trey Lance fans. So, but no matter what those people say, he didn't say that. Now, did he give Trey Lance a vote of confidence? He he kind of did. He just said he said that you know Trey Lance is, his heart was hurt. So of course he couldn't play. Like I mean, Brock Purdy had a great set eight game stretch, and it would be you can't just dismiss what Brock Purdy did. So yeah, he's probably leading the locker room right now. But Trey Lance, it's going to be a competition. And Trey Lance said a month over a month ago <laughs> that that hey, I'm welcoming the competition. I'm welcoming that competition. I, I expect nothing less than a competition because of what Brock did. Now so everybody anybody with common sense anybody with common sense would be able to tell you that of course it's going to be a competition. Like yeah, they spent a bunch of draft capital on Trey. Yes, they absolutely did. But but I mean Brock played really well. But to to think, to think that they're going to just trade a guy to, and and you know what, I, it might happen. Who knows? A broken clock is right twice a day. So I'm not going to say that it can't happen because it's the NFL. Anything can happen. But I would I would be really surprised if uh, if the 49ers traded traded Trey Lance by the draft. They've got three left years left on his contract. They would take a massive they would take a massive hit to the salary cap if they traded him. Like that, that it really doesn't make sense to me, at all, at least. So, I don't think that that what Lynch was saying was to say that uh, Trey is lesser than, or they're they're even thinking about trading him. I didn't hear anything that he said that said, "Oh yeah, we're definitely that that's that's on our radar." If we're, he did say he would listen. He said he'd listen to anything. He's always gonna. They always say the same things when it comes to. They said that about Debo last year. <laughs> If if everybody remembers that situation, like they said the same thing about Debo last year, that is that hey, we're always listening. We're always listening. If somebody's willing to give us a god, somebody would have to give us a godfather offer to for that to happen. And I think the same thing goes for Trey Lance. But guess what? Because of Trey's injury, his his value is at an all time low. So it. They're not going to get what they want to get. And we've seen what happens when the 49ers don't get what they think they need that they should be getting from a player or from an asset. They're not going to trade him without getting it. They're not going to trade for bad value. So don't don't get excited yet. Like uh, just because something is said or he, you think that he insinuated by saying this, that's not accurate. It's not accurate. And anybody telling you different, is is just is just kind of I mean you know what it is. It's media. They're just kind of trying to go, they're going putting it out there for clicks and putting it out there just uh just for something to talk about and try to make a narrative create narratives that aren't there. But that's that's the football, that's the NFL, that is definitely the 49er Twitter, <laughs> and but the reality is, is I just don't see I just don't see enough. Of, uh, I just don't see enough that's there to to even think about that that's going to happen. Now, with that being said, so Kyle Kyle spoke today on Trey and Brock, and my question for myself because I'm the only one here: Why does the competition sound? So, why does the word competition sound so different when Kyle tells it compared to John Lynch? John Lynch, it kind of speaks of it from a GM's perspective, and it just sounds different coming from Kyle. It, it almost sounds like Kyle is contradicting what John says a little bit, but they're really saying the same thing is the fact that the fact that Trey was hurt last year. So that put him behind that put him behind Brock because Brock played and he played at a time down the stretch of the season and into the playoffs when when the when that's when quarterbacks are paid attention to the most and for him to put that eight game stretch together and and play the way that he did now granted did he play perfect I would say that in the playoffs he didn't play perfect he didn't play perfect but he still played good enough and he proved that he played at least at least good enough to get us to an NFC championship game. Let's say that. And to a point to where it wasn't even, it didn't feel like we it, it was ever, any of those contests were ever in doubt. So I would say that that's a pretty, I mean, he played well. I think he played well. In the playoffs, you can't expect guys to just be going off. Like that's not, it's probably not going to happen for most teams. So, but when I think about how Kyle was talking today, I look at it from a perspective. Oh, my boy Nate's in the building. It's gonna be no social media Nate Nate night. <laughs> like, uh, appreciate you coming through, bro. And always good to see you. And but th- this is the thing: it's a big nothing burger. <laughs> it's this whole situation is a big nothing burger. There, when Kyle sits there and tells you that, hey, we got. We got these guys. Trey has je- we feel the same way about Trey that we felt when we drafted him. That tells me that, and that maybe this is me reading into it a little bit, but that tells me that they're still planning on him being developing him to be the starter. They it would be stupid not to want him to be the starter. Let's just be real. Because is, is Brock Purdy 6'4? No, he's not. Is Brock Purdy 215 220 no he is not and is is brock can brock purdy throw the length of the field no he cannot can trey lance do all those things he absolutely can and we've seen it and we've seen it and uh and he has played i would say that he's played mid to well and for a guy that hasn't really played a lot of football and so it would be i think that it might have helped him last year to sit up for another year don't don't rule that out him seeing a rookie come in like Brock Purdy and have such command and have such such a good like so polished that 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 could help him and push him to have some more you saw it in some of the interviews after after the season Was over for the 49ers. Is Trey came in with a little bit of he came in with a little bit of attitude and he like he's ready to go. And I think I think it's he's gonna come out on fire. That's my personal opinion on it. I like Trey and and yes, and I guess I'm a Trey fan, but at the same time, I don't know either what he is, but I want to see it. I want to get a chance to see it and I want to see. He had a chance to see an honest competition. I don't want to see him given an alternative game plan because you say that he can't he can't uh run the same game plan as Purdy and as Purdy and Jimmy. I don't want to hear that. I want to see it. Because until I see it in front of me, I don't believe that he can't do it. Because I've seen him do run that type of game plan before against the Texans. We've seen it. So just let him run that. I get, I get it that that Kyle wants to do the little, all the bells and whistles, and get him to run and like all that kind of stuff. I get it. I if there's a competition involved, we like I think that it's it's if it's an honest competition, you have to give them both the same type of game plan. See what they can, what both of them can do with that game plan, and that's what I'd like to see. I think I'm not sure what's going to happen. If if Lance is going to really be given an honest because uh, because it, the reality is this in the NFL, when you find something that works, you don't really move off of that. If you do move off of that, it usually ends up being a really big mistake. But people should learn from what by what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo, the, uh when Jimmy Garoppolo got here, got to the San Francisco. This is this is the thing. When Jimmy got here, what happened with he played? He had a great five games. And then they they made him like what the highest paid quarterback at the time. And what happened? He ended up getting injured a whole bunch. And they ended up trying to move up, uh, trying to move up to get Trey. They moved up to get Trey, and the rest is history. Now, what now move on to Brock? Brock played eight games. And, but remember, if we're talking about injuries and people are acting like People are acting like, oh, well, Trey, Trey's uh, injured, and so he doesn't get this, that, in the third. Brock Purdy had an oblique injury in the middle of his little eight-game run that almost put him out. If they had anybody else, he, he, he probably wouldn't have played. And not only that, but then he had a UCL injury in the championship, game, in his eighth game. So who's to say that, that Brock Purdy's not injury-prone? He's little. <laughs> He's 5'11". He's like what, 180 pounds, 190 pounds. Like, I mean, th- this is the thing. I like Brock. I love the way he play. I appreciate it. I appreciate it for sure. But to think, but to not see the long game and not to see that Trey Lance it gives you your best opportunity for longevity. Like uh, Brock is, like I said, he is seasoned obviously had a gr- really good I think he's a good quarterback but I I'm more comfortable with Lance running the exact same game plan and that's the key I'm more comfortable with seeing getting him reps trying to giving him an honest opportunity to do that we got three more years on his rookie deal possibly so uh I I just think that I think that they were that they, uh, that they, he, it just needs to be an honest competition. That's, and that's the way I look at it. But with, with uh, going back to what Kyle said, so Kyle just has uh, such a different outlook. And, uh, like, I know it makes Lynch nervous every single time that he's talking, that he's on the podium with Kyle because he's afraid Kyle is going to say too much. Um, uh, and, Dave, Damien says this proves Kyle could only scheme QBs, not develop QBs. Now, you know, I don't necessarily believe but believe that all, all the way because Kyle does a really good job with a certain type of quarterback. We just haven't been we haven't seen him develop a quarterback that we haven't seen him develop a quarterback that can uh, that can do what Trey can do or what RG three can do. We we haven't seen that. And that might be more of a more of a true statement is that he has a problem developing the mobile mobile types of quarterbacks because he feels the pressure to get maximize what what you can do with that person's talent, if that makes any sense. So, uh, but yeah, I think that Kyle is an excellent coach. I love the culture that he's brought. I just don't think I think in this particular situation, I think that he's. He's uh, that they haven't done what's right by Trey so far up to this point. And uh, I'd like to see them do right by him, um, regardless of how it works out. And the but what else did I want to talk about with Kyle? Like, uh, why do we all? <laughs> so this was the question I already kind of asked it. But why do we all read so much into and over overreact to what statements the the teams make? why do why does twitter facebook social media in general and the media well i mean that's part of the the answer right there but why do why do people get so angry and get so heated on things that haven't even happened yet i i just wondered like it uh, like i was thinking about it today and seeing after the Shanty, uh, seeing after the John Lynch did his interview and immediately right after like Twitter just exploded oh they're they're they've completely moved off of Lance and they've they did this they're not even talking about uh Lance and uh the media is not even talking about Lance and then Kyle says what he says and then and then they kind of changed their tune but not really and people are already putting together trade packages and all the other stuff I just Wonder why people can't be patient. (laughs) You've got to be patient. Because the team isn't overreacting. They're not doing, and this is the thing, this is the thing, every season this happens. So every season, free agency hits, oh, why didn't they sign this guy? Why didn't they sign that guy? Why why are they going to let this guy walk? Like, it's a complete mistake. And then they end up back in the NFC Championship game. Why did they resign? Why did they uh I can't believe they're going to go into the season with Brendel. I can't believe they're going to uh they're going to go into the season with rookie uh and Burford. I can't believe that they're not going to uh they're not going to really replace McGlinchey and like all the other all the other stuff that, that that's said on a regular basis on social media in general and the media. And I just wonder why Why are people not paying attention, actually paying attention to what the, what the team is doing and just waiting and just waiting? Because every single time we get all worked up, get all foaming at the mouth, and then it ends up being, I mean, this regime specifically, now they haven't won a Super Bowl. I get it. There's been things, but when you overreact is when you make mistakes that's real when you overreact you make mistakes and if there's one thing about this team that i will say is that they've learned they learn from their, their mistakes of the previous year and they try to pivot and they try to correct those mistakes there is no team on the planet no team in the nfl that is perfect none even the chiefs they are not perfect either they just happen to have the the only generational quarterback in the league. The only one. Because everybody else, every quarterback in the in this league, in the NFL, uh other than Patrick Mahomes, needs help. They need a scheme. They need they need help. Like wide receivers. They need the offensive line. They need all of it. Patrick Mahomes told you he doesn't need any of that. When he didn't have an offensive line, he got to the Super Bowl. He got to the Super Bowl and he and he did well, even even getting killed the whole game. So. Unless you got Pat Mahomes on your squad like uh, it's you're there's a lot of mistakes being made. I mean, look at the bills, (laughs) look at the bills, the bills in the last couple of seasons have been looked at as the favorites to go to the Super Bowl and they not getting there. They're not getting there either. But. Are we calling and and people are even going as far as to say that Josh Allen is regressing because of because of the, the, the decisions of the coaching staff. It really what it comes down to. So I just I just look at this whole thing and I just ask myself, why are we like this? <laughs> why? Why are people like this? Why do why do we automatically overreact every time? And there's nothing wrong with being passionate, nothing wrong with being with having the thought process of, hey, they might do this, could they do this, but the overreaction and the vitriol that's put out on social media is crazy sometimes, crazy. Uh, And David, Norb Turner can develop QB. Yeah, he used to be able to. (laughs) I don't know about now. Like, uh, I don't think he's doing too much coaching now, but the... Uh, But, but Norv Turner could develop a quarterback, but that was a different time. It was a different time. It was a different way that people had to develop quarterbacks. And even then, you didn't have guys that were expected to throw the ball 40 40 to 50 times. So it's a completely different league today. And I don't know that Norv Turner would have been, would have been the, uh, the, as big of a, uh, head, co- like a quarterback guru. But uh, with that being said, like, uh, let's move on to the, na- like, uh, so I asked, will Trey get an honest shot at competing for QB one, or will he continue to get the different game plan? The, the truth is, I don't know. The truth is, I don't know. Nobody knows. And anybody that says that they know, they're, they haven't been paying attention. Like this team doesn't do anything that you think they're going to do. So nobody knows. We'll find out we'll find out when when we get to OTAs and training camp. well that's it. it's gonna tell you right away what they plan to do with Trey. and so buckle up Buttercup let's get let's get it like everybody needs to get behind the quarterback that's here in the building and and that's getting the reps. like we should all want Trey to be the guy because like we should all want Trey to develop into the guy. That's what I'm saying. Because his skill set is so much more than than uh than Brock Purdy's. His his physical skill set. Now, we're hoping that he can develop those intangibles that Brock Purdy has. If he can do if he can do that, I mean, it's not even a question. It's not even a question of who should be starting. So that's all I'm uh, that's the last thing I'm going to say about that situation but uh but yeah it's just interesting the whole narrative thing and the media the way they do y'all <laughs> the way they do y'all and they put these they ask these these dumb questions that have nothing to do with anything and they get you and they and they get people talking about it for months when it's not even well, how long did we talk last year about about uh, the Debo situation. How long? How long did we talk about Debo last year about him asking for a trade and, oh, they should, they should trade him on draft day and all the stuff that they said over that whole span until he got signed. All the things that were said. And I remember saying from the beginning, from the beginning, and a lot of people, and I wasn't the only one, there was a few other content creators out there who were saying, it's not going to happen. He's not going anywhere. The 49ers have all the leverage in that situation. I mean, that's the way it goes. It's the NFL, it's not the NBA. So, the NBA, the the players have a majority of the leverage a majority of the time, not in the NFL. It's and it's probably not going to be it's not going to be like that in our lifetime. So, we can keep you, we, people can keep thinking that the players should have more power they're not going to <laughs> so like we we need to work with the system that's, we need to think about the system that is in place and thinking and wishing what should be and thinking about what is and that's that's kind of what I what I have to say about that but so will to, and like my next uh like uh talking point is kind of a moot point at this point, but I said, uh, will trade like, these are all my far fetched narrative takes and will Trey be traded. I doubt it. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't know about anybody in the chat. Like, uh, the, uh, if anybody thinks that, that Trey is going to get traded, but I don't think, I don't see it. I don't see it. And, uh, I don't I just think that his trade uh his trade value is at like kind of an all-time low right now. Not an all-time low, but it's at a, like there's a potential standpoint there that some team might see something in him that he's better than what's coming into the league this year, some of the rookies that are here this year. So, who knows? But will he get trade I I just don't see it. I just think that the 49ers need him to be in the building this year. That's the way I look at it. So, what what could the compensation be if they did trade Trey? I mean, people were talking about trading him to Baltimore for Lamar. Like that, to me, that's so outlandish. I I just don't see it happening at all. And maybe I'm a maybe I'm a stick in the mud. Like maybe people just want to talk about that stuff, and it's fun to talk about. I I'm at the the type of person that doesn't like to talk about stuff that isn't realistic. Uh, just because I don't like getting all riled up. I don't like getting my blood pressure up. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> so, but I what could the compensation be? The compensation, like I would say right now, I mean, people are all speculating that they can only get a third rounder for Trey. Do you think after trading up what they traded up to get Trey, that they're going to give him away for a third rounder? I mean, it would have to be substantial for them to to trade him. And the compensation would have to be really substantial, which makes me think that they would have to build up his trade value, which the only way to do that is to get him to play. And uh that's the only way. That's the only way that I see it ever happening. Um Yeah, that's that's the only that's the only way. <laughs> but the uh, but I, I did want to mention this last piece before I get out of here. And the NFL shot down a proposal today. There was a bunch of proposals that got. Uh, I, I mean, they 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 okayed one that where to change a bunch of players' numbers, which I think is a big nut. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about people's numbers? I don't even know why that's news. And the and but then they shot down a proposal. The really important one to me was today when they shot down the proposal to review roughing the passer. And. I just don't know how you shoot that down. It it tells me it goes back to what I talked about during the season this past season and. That the NFL hates defense. The and I and I put the tweet out and I got and I got quite a bit of people agreeing with me about it. But why does the NFL hate defense? I mean the why do pe- why did people like the NFL to begin with? Did they like the NFL because of all the scoring in the beginning? When I was coming up, people loved the NFL because of the physical nature of the game that's that was what it was all about. People love to see the hitting. people love to see that kind of stuff, the rough stuff. and now it's kind of been like, oh well, we got to make these huge acrobatic plays and and all that kind of stuff and that's that's what's going to bring in the bringing people people are going to come regardless people are going to come regardless and people i mean i don't know what this says about human beings in general but they like to see violence they like to see violence ufc all-time high (laughs) all-time high like uh that's why boxing kind of took a little bit of a step back for a little bit because because uh, it was in vogue to not get hit <laughs> and to play tag and just get points, <laughs> but UFC wasn't about that. They were about the violence. So like they they gained a whole bunch of ground on boxing. But yeah, it's and I get it. Concussions, I get it. Not to you don't want anyone to get to get hurt. Like uh, nobody wants that but these guys knew what they were getting into when they when they started playing football. And let's just be real about it. They you don't you can't tell me that they didn't know that it might be detrimental to their to their long-term health to just get hit over and over and over and over again. You can't tell me that they didn't know that. But a lot of those guys they a lot of those guys and a lot of guys still love the game. They love the game and they and I, and specifically this rule, I, the roughing the passer, I don't think is helping is keeping anybody safe because what happens, they get hit anyway and the, and you're just penalizing them. So what there's every, every team is getting penalized multiple times a game for roughing the passer. And it's not stopping those quarterbacks from getting hit. It did that, that quarterback still got, still got put on his back, but we're still going to we're still, we're just throwing a flag. Uh, Like, uh, how, how is that helping the quarterback stay healthy? It's, it's not, (laughs) it's really not. So the, uh, I just think that it's, it's kind of silly to not, to not review roughing the passer. It kind of tells me more about the NFL, just hating defense and not wanting to see defense and wanting to another rule to lead the offense down the field. The same thing with pass interference. It like, uh, and just leading teams down the down the field to 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 be able to score to be able to score more points, and by the end of the season, those scores stay the same the way they've always been <laughs> like it the more they try to make it more offense, the more silly it looks but eventually hopefully hopefully they'll they'll wisen up and focus more on on safety, on actual safety measures and, and what the possibilities could be to keep the players from getting hurt rather than putting dumb rules in place <laughs> that do absolutely nothing for player safety. Like, uh, but but it is what it is. And uh, like, I know that this was kind of a complaining, a complaining vibe of a, of a show, uh, but I was real like, uh, the, this, this, uh, this couple last couple of days, it was really, it was, it was like some of these narratives. I refuse, I refuse to get to, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to feed into those, those terrible narratives. Like they're terrible narratives. We, all we got to do, guys, is just wait and see. There's enough news, real news out there that we don't have to talk about. There's tons of stuff to talk about. The actual roster. There's tons of stuff. I'm finding stuff to talk about every day. Like uh, we could talk about those real things, but we, but uh, but the media finds fake news, and not that I'm that guy, but <laughs> but they find fake narratives to start about this stuff, and it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary, but it is what it is. I love talking about the team. I appreciate everybody for coming in tonight, and the appreciate Damian that was in the chat. I appreciate Nate coming through. I appreciate uh uh yeah, and I appreciate everybody watching out there. So like I, I will have one more show tomorrow. I'm supposed to be on with uh with Rich uh, with Kelts Chronicles tomorrow. So make sure you check out that show. Make sure that you give this video a like, make sure that you give it a subscribe. Make sure that you stay with me cuz I'm going to keep you up to date to the stuff that's really going on. And Keep you up to date with the real news of the team and what I think of the and really what I think of what is going on on the team and the vibe the new cult the new people that are being brought in the culture that's still being cultivated uh, by this team. And yeah, we're going to keep talking about it. So like I said, make sure you tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend so that we can be friends every day and every week. Uh, but I will see you guys tomorrow on Kelts Chronicles channel. I don't know if if it'll be if we'll be multi streaming it on my channel, but make sure you check that. Be on the lookout for that show. And anything else? No, that's it. But thank you guys. I appreciate it. And as always, go Niners.